With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. After a report of disturbing video depicting sexual abuse circulating on WhatsApp locally, police are asking the public to stop sending the video around and to delete it from their phones. RCIPS Superintendent Peter Lansdowne says the circulation of illicit video content is not only disturbing and potentially puts victims in greater danger, it's also a criminal activity that comes with the potential 25 years imprisonment for transmission and 15 years for possession. He says any Anyone receiving the video should inform police immediately by calling 911. The RCIPS is investigating the video and wishes to thank the member of the public who brought it to their attention. As of 8 a.m. this morning, Public Health is reporting 70 positive results for COVID-19, two in travelers, 68 coming from the community. These results bring the number of active cases of COVID-19 in the islands to 3,513. Also, as of 8 this morning, 15 COVID-19 patients were hospitalized. 82% of the population has had at least one dose of a COVID vaccine, 79% both doses, and 18% have had a third or booster dose. We'll have more on the vaccination and testing programs coming up a little bit later in our news. With Finance Committee wrapping up last night, Parliament resumed late this afternoon. Speaker of the House, the Honorable McKeeva Bush, provided an update on the Parliamentary Code of Conduct. For the record, we have initiated a draft Code of Conduct and prepared an initial draft to govern members in this Honorable House earlier this year. We have given an undertaken and commitment to do so. However, there are some members are of the view that a more elaborate code of conduct is required. The amended and revised version of the dra second draft was prepared and produced in April 2021 and is now under review. Mr. Bush says that while some members are of the view that the new expansive code of conduct may be too onerous given our circumstances, he says we're nonetheless committed to finalize the code in the interest and satisfaction of all honorable members. As we attempt to have an amenable code of conduct for this House, let us not lose sight of the critical importance of equally addressing our antiquated and archaic standing orders, which I should say isn't fit for purpose at this time in our development. The speaker says there have been some meetings to develop a roadmap and set up a committee to bring draft orders to the House. He says the changes will improve procedures and ensure a smoother process. A number of reports were also tabled this afternoon, including the government's HR reports. While tabling the 2019-2020 annual report of the Select Committee to oversee the performance of the Office of the Ombudsman, Home Affairs Minister the Honorable Bernie Bush noted the departure of Ombudsman Sandy Hermiston. The Ombudsman has resigned and we'd like to wish her safe flight going north and we do hope that after three years, four years, that we now have a companion there that has been under studying that can possibly even act or stay in the post. Wish her well, wish her a safe flight home. The Ombudsman is an impartial and independent office of Parliament that acts as the island's guardian of fairness, transparency, and addresses issues such as complaints against the government or police and freedom of information disputes. East End Member of Parliament Isaac Rankin says his district wants a stronger relationship with police. I've been getting lots of comments from the constituents in East End and they have noted to me that they really see the police, so I would like if you could address at least some regular patrols, not just in the car, but at least walking around meeting the constituents because they also complain that they just pass 
windows up, air condition on, and they just pass through the district. So would like if we could get more community policing in, in East End, sir. During Finance Committee this week, Commissioner Derek Byrne told Mr. Rankin help is on the way. I'm just in the final stages of um, finishing my appointment of community safety officers to Northside and East End. And you will see new uh, full-time additional um, community safety officers for Northside, East End and Boddentown to augment the community policing resources that are there to provide heightened visibility and greater community engagement. In addition, Mr. Byrne says in early 2022, there'll be a new inspector appointed to community engagement, and he expects that inspector will ensure that the Royal Cayman Islands Police Service is delivering on those issues. Chief Officer for the Ministry of Border Control and Labor, Wesley Howell, updates members of Parliament on the status of work permit applications in the islands. The work agency um, had a one month um, where the boards were in transition and didn't meet. Um, the boards are, have all now met and are back up to, to speed. Um, they're mostly brand new boards, so there's some um, learning processes going on, but they're all very intelligent and experienced in their own right, um, so the boards are progressing well. The administrators as well are progressing with their um, administrative decisions on work permits. During Finance Committee, Mr. Howell also clarified reports that companies' permit decisions were being delayed until next year, describing that as a, quote, red herring based on how the system actually works. Those companies are well aware that the when the applications are in and processed and are ready to be um, presented for a decision maker, but they haven't yet been scheduled to a regular meeting they get scheduled to what's called a dummy agenda or a placeholder agenda. Those are agendas set way out in the future. Um, so the folks that were saying that their, their work permits were um, not scheduled until March um, next year would have already received decisions on those work permits already um, in the vast majority of cases. Mr. Howell also notes that arrival numbers for work permit holders and their dependents showed 1,839 work permit holders and their dependents arriving on island in October, 1,620 in November, and up through the 5th of December, another 389. So you can see from those numbers that work permit processing is happening. And I can tell from the Caymanians who are um, seeking work that they're also getting those opportunities as well. So um, it is a bit of an unfortunate uh, misnomer for that um, number to be given that, that decisions weren't being made out through to March of next year, sir. You can see Finance Committee in full on the CIGTV YouTube channel. The Cayman Islands government makes it official, signing a contract to beef up livestock in the islands. Radio Cayman's Felisa Rankin-Solens has more. The Ministry of Planning, Agriculture, Housing and Infrastructure has signed a contract with the Cayman Islands Agriculture Society to fund the importation of livestock to the Cayman Islands. The ministry will provide $350,000 in funding for the importation of approximately 180 heads of livestock animals to include 150 heads of cattle and 30 heads of goats. The Honorable Minister Jay Ebanks pledged the support of the government to the farming community, noting that the ministry will work with its stakeholders to enhance the growth of the agricultural sector to bolster the overall food and nutrition security of the Cayman Islands. He further states the strategy to import new animals to our islands aligns well with our livestock development plan, which includes reintroduction of embryo transplant, natural insemination, and an upgrade of the artificial insemination program. The first batch of animals being imported from the United States is expected to be on island during the first quarter of the new year. 
For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Sollins. The agreement was signed by Minister of Planning, Agriculture, Housing and Infrastructure, the Honorable Jay Ebanks, and President of the Cayman Islands Agriculture Society, George Smith, at a meeting of the Agriculture Society at Constitution Hall in Georgetown recently. We hope you enjoy this exciting and fresh piece, Good King Salsa. Students in the music program at Triple C School found a way around the challenges of COVID-19 crowd restrictions, instead putting together a video of the students' performances. It's posted online and provides a lovely way to celebrate the season, not to mention their musical talents. I know this is for sure a different way of doing things, but here in the music department, we're just so glad that we can still perform in this way and have the ability to share our talents and bring some Christmas cheer to everyone. That's Music Department Director Jonathan George. You can find the concerts online at the Triple C School YouTube channel. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's Newsroom. I'm April Cummings. Good evening with a look at Radio Cayman's local sports and Dion Anglin. Cayman's leading cyclist competed at his very first high-level competition in that of the Junior Pan American Games. Unfortunately, Nathaniel Forbes encountered a series of mechanical issues having three flats which caused him to not finish his race last Friday in Buga, Colombia. Craig Merrin, Cayman Island Cycling Association president, says regardless of the outcome, they were quite proud of Nathaniel's efforts and here's why. The thing about it that he climbed well, which was very surprising to us because this is the first time he went to a South American country where he's climbing those such mountains at a, at a very high altitude, over 3,000 feet above sea level and leaving Cayman a few days and then going out training two to three days uh, prior before the road race. So we were very, very thankful for that and his performance. There was no crashes. He held in well with the mean group. He had about 12 miles to the finish. Unfortunately, the rules of cycling if you're behind the main group, sometimes called the peloton, if you X amount of time based on the distance and the calculation under the UCA rules, which is the governing body, they have a time limit cut off. And he was under that time limit. So him and a few riders basically couldn't get back on and he didn't finish. Marin says those are some of the technicalities he's willing to address soon with the governing body. I'll be writing to the UCI and COPASA, the other governing bodies, along with the Pan American um, um, organization, in perhaps discussing and looking into uh, such uh, road race events for, for under 23s. Instead of having a five minute cutoff, I'm saying, guys, come on. You can have that at least 12 or 15 minutes cut off. Plus, there were, there were 12 miles before the finish. So that to me, if they were like 25, 30 miles to the finish line, I could understand, but 12 miles. So I don't know how they got to that the organization. I wouldn't have done that if, if someone had asked me that or, or put that sort of rule down. I need to find out a little bit more about it by talking to some um, officials under the UCA and Copacin to see if that could change. He says Cayman Cycling has not had this level of competition in many years, and it's good to get the wheels turning again. We didn't have this sort of level in over 20 years or probably 25 years since our last performance, since the, perhaps the 96 Olympics and Island Games in 99, and some others between perhaps 2000 and 2014 Commonwealth Games. But... For Nathaniel, for what he's done, I think he have a bright future ahead representing Cayman in cycling. We in a good relationship with the Olympic Committee, good relationship with the government, sports minister, to see what we can do to help fund Nathaniel's future so he could represent Cayman at a higher level. And this, of course, meaning going overseas and living overseas and racing overseas for upcoming meets. Cayman Island Cycling Association President Craig Merrin. 
Now, the local sports, a Cayman delegation composed of four swimmers with diverse strengths and experience, will compete at the 15th FINA World Short Course Championships from December 16th through December 21st in Abu Dhabi. Cayman Islands' Lauren Hugh, Allison Jackson, Liam Henry and James Allison are all set for next week. Stingray swim coach David Pursley says he does not train any of the athletes directly right now, but at least two of them he has coached before. Liam and Ali obviously are my former swimmers, and uh, I've been in contact with them, and they're confident going into it, and I know that they're excited for the opportunity. It is an awesome opportunity to go all the way to Dubai. None of them have been there before, so I, I think that'll be a lot of fun for all the swimmers. After a long two pandemic-impacted years, Coach Pursley tells Radio Cayman Sports he is delighted to see the swimmers once again representing the Cayman Islands internationally. As far as what they've been doing in competition, Ali came off of her mid-season invite with some pretty strong swims. She was right at all her personal best, so I would expect her to be right on her personal best at World Champs as well. Liam has had a great first two seasons of his college career and is coming off of what was a great year last year and what so far has been a good year for this year so this will be his first ever major international meet so i'm very excited for him to get that opportunity and i know he'll cherish every bit of it ali and lauren have both been to world champs before so this won't be a, a deer in headlights situation for them so i think their experience can help with liam and james who will both be going to their first we've been watching james on island now and over the past year the rate of his progression has been fantastic so to see him get this opportunity we just wish him the best and hope they make the most of it man's new technical director Jackie Pellerin will lead the Cayman delegation, accompanied by coach Darren Mew. Sports programs have resumed on the sister islands after competition was halted due to the COVID-19 restrictions. Harold Mitchum Stanford with the Sister Islands Sports reiterates to Radio Cayman Sports the BRAC programs for the month of December. We have our ongoing programs in the BRAC, which includes all of our youth, grassroots, and senior football programs that are constantly still taking place two times a week for the month of December. We have our youth and our adult netball programs that are constantly happening also on Wednesdays and Friday nights at the Lehman Scott High School. Our volleyball program continues on Wednesdays and Thursdays, also at the Lehman Scott High School. And the rest of the programs, which include our cricket, swimming, track and field, and Basketball will all get started within the second week of January 2022, which we will then have a full entourage of our seven active sports all in operation by the second week of January 2022 in Kimabrak. Next level competition will also begin in January of next year. That will do it for Radio Cayman's local sports for this evening. I'm Dion Anglin.